How's it going, Sha? Uh, it's going all right. Right now I'm staring at my cat because she seems to be looking for a thing to destroy. Okay. And she can't seem to decide between um, the wall behind me or the light in front of me or perhaps just my face. I can't really tell. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good life when it has options, at least. Yeah, know? I guess, of things to destroy. I'm just waiting <laughs> for her to just be like, eh, and then just go lay down on my bed again. Because that's normally, like, she should be used to seeing me like this. Yeah. Once that cube light goes on and I pull the microphone over, she's got a real good sense of like, oh, this bitch is going to be talking for a while. And then she disappears. <laughs> but um, she was sitting on the chair, on the back of my chair, watching yeah. a, a chair that she destroyed, by the way. Okay. I just want to okay. put out there that she's no angel. <laughs> I hadn't even had that chair uh, like six months before she came in the house and was just like that. I'm going to destroy that. Um, okay, there we go. She just walked in my room. She's like, ah, now she's talking shit about that chair again. So <laughs> <laughs> best couple ever. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we're good now. I think we're good. What is, what do you, what, is, what happens with the cat for like Turkey day? Well, um, I, uh, I, to, this year she will be alone. Um, the last couple of years, my roommate has been here. Okay. And she's just, I guess, going into his room when she sees that I'm not around to harass. Um, <laughs> so I guess she'll just go and sit on top of his dresser and they watch uh, sci-fi movies together or something. Okay, that's um, beautiful. Yeah, I guess it's something like that. But uh, <laughs> she, um, this year, uh, my roommate's coming with me to a Thanksgiving. And so uh, I guess we just have to spend all morning with her. She probably will be like, please go. Both, <laughs> no, both of you. Um, it's really interesting when one of us is out of town. Right. Um, she, she will hang with me. Like she now is sleeping on my bed. Um, for like most of the night and then she'll do, do a couple of hours on the couch or whatever. Um, yeah. and then come back when it's time to eat. Um, <laughs> when it's her time, she thinks to eat. Um, but when I'm gone, then it, she just kind of pushes my roommate's door in and is like, all right, well, you're the one who gets the food now. So I'm hanging with you. <laughs> Um, Smart. Okay. Yeah. And so then she's, I guess, somewhat affectionate with him. But when it comes time to go to go to bed, she just sleeps and hangs out in the middle of my bed. There you go. Yeah, I guess. But sometimes I'd like to um, like when I am home and she's still hanging out in the middle of my bed, sometimes I'd like to get in my bed and she's like, mm -mm, we're not doing that. Just last night I was she was at the edge of my bed and I was trying to get comfortable and rearrange the blankets and shifting around and she had her back to me and she looked over her shoulder at me with such disdain that I was like okay I'll just sleep like this I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
She was just like, bitch, get it together. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> what would happen if, like, you got to a point where you could have, like, two queen-size beds in a room? She'd still want to be wherever I was. Yeah. Yeah, she's a cat. She was once she just wants to cause chaos. So if we were in the room and there were two beds. She had a bed. We bought her a bed. Yeah, but it ain't a queen it ain't it ain't like your bed, you know? So no, it's a exactly. cat bed. It's a cat bed. She doesn't want a cat bed. Look, she's back out yeah, of bed. Yeah, you got a Yeah, she yeah, she doesn't want that. <laughs> she wants whatever it is yeah, I'm she sitting on. She wants a space bed. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. So she will sleep on the couch right in the middle of the couch. Um what? And I'm like, well, I, all right, I guess that's, you know, I was trying to sit there too, but that's cool. We'll just do that. Um, <laughs> she, she'll move over to the chair that she has destroyed um, and enjoy that a little bit. Um, yeah. But sometimes she just wants to be on the windowsill. Um, and uh, she mostly just wants to be at the edge of my bed right now. And that'll okay. change. It's like she's got a couple of spots, you know. Now it's all couch. Now it's half couch, half chair. Now it's my bed. Now it's the suitcase that's at the end of my bed um, that she also has destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Chalet was plays is just nothing but like things just, where you can see the stuffing coming out. Yeah, just uh, no, nothing is stitched. Let me tell no, not at all. I'll tell you this though, since she's been here, we have not seen a mouse. Amen. So that bitch can destroy whatever she wants as long as she's also keeping the mice away. The price you pay. I like yep. it. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. I'm I'm relating to, to, to the cat now. I tell you. <laughs> she's got it. That was her job. That was her job. The rest of yeah. this is all just negotiations. Well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a it's a good relationship. You know what she she brings to the table. Yeah, she does her job effectively. Mm-hmm. She's got, admittedly, a big but very specific list of demands. You know, it's not really changing much. Right. Bring something new. I want to mess it up a little bit. You what? tell me if I can or cannot. <laughs> but if you don't say nothing ex- like extreme, I'm fucking it up. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. I'm gonna do it again. You got a big mattress? No, I got a big mattress. <laughs> right. We have a not we. even we, we have a big mattress. Can it at least be we have a big mattress? No. Nah, I, I love cannot. this. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful relationship. I th- I think I think I think a lot of couples can learn from 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 what you two have, Sha. <laughs> Real talk. There's clarity in that, yo. Like, cause there's there's no disappointment. You know what to expect and vice versa. That's true. Uh, you know what I mean? Actually, it's working. if I had had this level of um, communication with the last dude I dated, we might still be together. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to cuddle? Fine. We'll cuddle a little bit, okay? But then I'm you going want... back out to the couch. <laughs> exactly. And that's fine. <laughs> I want you to know I don't like sitting on this seat. Only like that seat, but for a little bit, I'll sit with you. Yeah. I'll let you have that air. I'm t- I, I feel like this is something people can learn from. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably a reason why there are so many uh, pets. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or why so many people adopted animals uh, when COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not willing to do the work because they then put, gave those animals away again. Nah, I, I damn sure did, too. So I can't <laughs> front. I did the work once. That's it. 
it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. I definitely won't do this work with a human. I felt I've done this work with a dog, and now I'm doing it with a cat. Have I done it with a human? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I have. There's no way I've communicated this much with a significant other the way I communicate it with this cat or my old dog. Nope, not at all. I love this. I I think this is the you know. So I think. A good relationship Uh-oh. would a relationship would work well if one of the two partners can't speak. Okay, you might be on to something. Real talk. <laughs> yo, real talk. You can still communicate. Right. But only one of you, even if it's like something like, yo, this week is your week. Right. Like you talk all week, I talk next week. And whatever we gotta communicate, it, it's gotta be done in like silence, emotions, but I, I I really think that might be a thing and minimize because you can't fight the same way. That's and true, it, it, and it heightens your communication skills because you got to pay attention to all the other cues. Right, right, right. I, I'm t- I, this is a you book. Be on, key. Yeah, you might be on to something. Real talk. <laughs> Normally, I, I do not want to co-sign on all of your many capers, but this might be <laughs> a book based on this might be a good idea. Real talk. I see, yo, I'll see y'all next week. You're going to see me with the publishing done. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> get, now that I got uh, this week's business plan, let's get into the news. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Target says it will never open on Thanksgiving Day again, Sha. Really? Say goodbye to Target runs on Thanksgiving, Sha. Uh, Target said on Monday it will close all of its stores on Thanksgiving every year from 2021 on. Target closed stores last year on Thanksgiving due to the pandemic, and it previously announced it will close uh, this Thanksgiving, too. Uh, What started as a temporary measure driven by the pandemic is now our new standard, said Target CEO Brian Cornell. Um, Cornell said he decided to make the policy permanent after visiting Target stores last week in New York and New Jersey, where workers told them they were glad that they could come home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic pushed many other chains last year to close their doors on Thanksgiving last year, uh, including Walmart, Best Buy, Dick's Sporting Goods. These companies will again close the holiday on the holiday this year, although none have made a permanent change to their Thanksgiving policies going forward. Um, I'm OK with this. I'm on board with it. I I do find it funny that like he was like, I saw these people that work for me and they were like, yo, thanks for giving me the only holiday about family. It's a real Scrooge uh, ghost of Christmas present situation. (laughs) It is for sure that you needed to have your employees show up with chains and tell you. Say thank you, sir, for letting us have this day to eat our goose or whatever. Um, that's nice. That, that's uh, it's a kind of a shame it, it took that long. But I thought, I mean, I feel like there was a time when those types of stores were closed on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I but thought grocery so too. Stores were open, right? But those type of stores were closed, and then they um. Because they were all kind of gearing up. I mean, when I worked retail um, at uh, The Gap, we definitely, I mean, we were in a mall, but we definitely were closed. Right. And then the day after, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, we had to be there very early because we were going to open early. So it was like we needed Thanksgiving to, 
I don't know, fucking <laughs> take a bunch of, <laughs> you know, drink Gatorade or <laughs> take mess, whatever it was we needed to get through the following day. Yeah. And then there was like that, the Black Friday creep where it kept, things kept opening up earlier and earlier. Right. Right. And then um, when I was working at the video store, we were naturally open. <laughs> yeah. Porn don't <laughs> stop. So we were open anyway. We did not close on Thanksgiving. But um, but I remember, you know, it was like, oh, the stores are going to open at like 6 a.m. for Black Friday. And then it was like they're going to open at 5 a.m. And then some were like, oh, they're going to open at 2 a.m. And I'm like, who's going to? Why am I waiting outside in Old Navy at 2 a.m.? That seems wild. Uh, and then it was, it. we were going to open at midnight. And then it was like, well, you know, you could get those if you want to come out on Thanksgiving. And it was just this, I say a slow creep, but I feel like that whole creep took about six years. Yeah, it was aggressive, <laughs> it was, I thought. It was Yo. very aggressive, actually. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad that they're going to shut it down. Yeah, um, it's necessary. But I remember... There was a time where, like, when the Black Friday thing was starting to become a thing, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be cute in the sense that, like, it almost was going to become part of the Thanksgiving tradition. Because, like, the first, like, couple years that I remember it, it was like uh, we'd meet up on Thanksgiving, we'd watch football, have the dinner, and then the younger people would decide, hey, let's go wait in line together at one of these places. And it almost became like an extension of the holiday. Like we decided as a group which uh, which place to go to and like, you know, try to, you know, get some, you know, get some TV or something. Mm -hmm. um, it, were all, it also became like the the young hangout, you know, like the family event took place in the house. Right. Then we leave, they could keep drinking. And like the kids, even though they were all like teens and like maybe like one or two 20 year olds, they got to hang out together in like this informal setting of a line. Mm -hmm. And it was fun, but then it kept getting earlier and earlier. And like, you know, at some point the parents was like, nah, be, I ain't, you, you still got to be here for dinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't just go yeah, spend just all of Thanksgiving in a Best Buy parking lot. <laughs> yeah. So it, it like ruined it. Like I actually thought like that part of it was kind of cool because it was like, you know, the equivalent of like, you know, New Year's in Times Square. It's like an outdoor hang almost like uh, like what do you call it? Um, the uh, when people uh, tailgate, it kind of felt like that energy. You know, what I mean, like people just hanging out. getting Yeah. Food. I mean, it's it, the thing is, I just the idea of making the ter Black Friday a thing feels wild to me. Yeah, no, I hear you. Only because it it, it really was just like my understand. I did like I, I for anyone who's uh, young. Black Friday is not something that is a tradition that has been passed down from generation to generation. I just <laughs> want to let you know it's not it did not come off of a boat. It literally it's just that's the day that retail stores go into the black because the school of thought is the day after Thanksgiving is the most um is the most popular or the busiest shopping day of the year. So yeah. it's a day when you're working retail that um it, it's the hooray it's christmas time let's get to buying like it's right. that signal which it still is to some extent but um to just the way that advertisers are just like black friday it's black friday it's black friday and i'm like well, 
well, why is it Black Friday? It For a couple of reasons. One, businesses go into the black, so that's when they become profitable yeah. for the next upcoming month. And two, because a lot of people lost their lives trying to fight somebody for a fucking Cabbage Patch doll out there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Tickle Me Elmo wars. Yo, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was it was real out here in these fields. So, like, I'm not trying to celebrate either of those. <laughs> They're both <laughs> wild. Like, why would I celebrate a, a retail store making its money? Yo. And also, on top of that, I've worked retail long enough to know the actual busiest shopping day of the year is whatever Saturday falls before Christmas. Right. It's, it's not madness. Yeah. Which I guess this year will be a Friday. Uh, like, Christmas Eve or whatever, but usually the whatever Saturday falls just before Christmas is yeah, it's nuts. It is insane. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I've gotten stuck in a in a parking lot trying to get out of Queen Center Mall for six hours because mm. I went shopping the last weekend of Christmas. Yeah, it's insane. I did once one Christmas um, buy everything on the twenty third and twenty fourth. Including yeah. a new television for my parents. Respect. I don't know how I got that bitch out of there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I went, I just, it was, it was serendipitous. I just walked in and was like, I need that TV. And they put it on the cart and I paid for it and I wheeled it out and I somehow got it into a tiny little car and then drove <laughs> back to my parents' house and then just waited until they were asleep and my sister and I managed to drag that bitch into the into the house while they were asleep. It was a real switcheroo from the old days when uh, my parents were trying to put together a bike in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I know at uh when I worked at Frito Lay, the the I had a target on my route and you had to, you know, Target has this rule where, like, unlike other supermarkets, they had a rule called great by eight because they open at eight o'clock. So the store had to be perfect. Mm. Whereas, like, you know, a supermarket, they understand that people are doing deliveries to like 20 stores that day. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we don't care what time you show up. Just when you show up, pack it out, keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So um, Target, you had to be there before the store opened and off the floor, including Black Friday. So we'd have to be there. Like, whatever they opened earlier than that to service the store. And because of that, and even though everyone's there for electronics, we still sell out chips. Right, For some yeah. crazy reason. You know, everyone's just buying what they're there anyway. Because so, everybody's tired of uh, of eating uh, homemade food. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, every year when I do this delivery, it was so much work to get it done in this now condensed window mm -hmm. that... uh they would pay an extra driver to help me that day. Oh. Right? So I would have, like, a double driver because I had essentially, like, one hour to do three hours worth of work. Oh, wow. Right? And because of this situation, the one Target gave us the privilege of shopping the store before the store opened. So if you were a vendor, you, shop, you, you do your job, before you leave, you could fill up a cart. And they said, as long as you're here... Um, when the store officially opens, you could just uh, check out the whole cart at once. So oh, wow. Target, the first vendor, the first sales were always the vendors. It was always us. Entenmann's, uh, Frito-Lay. We, we had a full cart. We're ready. 
Like there was a TV on sale one year. We took all of them. It was just us. You know, what I mean? you got like fifteen vendors. They got a ton of different things they sell in that store. Right. So it, the word got out that like that was a privilege at Target because they got announced like the year I took over the route. Mm-hmm. So like instead of like having to beg people to work with me on Thanksgiving, I had people that would give me their extra days pay. They would be like, "Yo, I get one hundred ten dollars plus overtime." For coming in to work with you, you can have it just and I'll help you pack out just so I could be in the store to get all the stuff first. Wow. Bananas. No, man, I, it really does. That whole shopping thing, it really does bring out um, <laughs> the, the shyster in you. <laughs> Yo, it's wild. That said, if you I am holding off on buying groceries until the day after Thanksgiving, the grocery store is empty, empty. Word. It's I love it every day, every, every year. It's my favorite day <laughs> to go grocery shopping. And that's saying something because I love a grocery store. But I tell you what, it's going to be just a ghost town and I cannot wait. I have, I have four eggs that I'm just kind of <laughs> just going to ride out. <laughs> I'm going to have scrambled eggs this morning. How many of you scrambled? Just one just egg. Just the one egg. Just scrambled that one egg, boy. <laughs> The yellow look kind of like off white because yep. <laughs> beautiful. Did, you did give me an idea for like mm. a new tradition, Sha. Mm. What if instead of sending kids out into the world to wait on the line, what if families had like their own little Black Friday where like you do the dinner, mm-hmm. right? You do the, the football game, you have the festivities and whatever the favorite dessert is. You give that out at four in the morning on Friday and you make the kids uh, camp out on the yard and they get it served at like the back door of the of the house. So you have the kids camp out for dessert? Yeah. I would stab everybody in the neck. <laughs> Why? I'm addicted to sugar. You're not going to hold out on sugar I think for me? Cute. No, it ain't cute. <laughs> it ain't cute. <laughs> You're like a little family bonded. You outside. That's not bonding. That's torture. <laughs> you walk a fine line. There's no way. <laughs> there you go. Kids, Shalay would just save y'all one right there. I was going to do that this year. Nope. Uh-uh. And you're making me watch football with no sugar? I think not, sir. No. Not at all. <laughs> In uh, Thanksgiving news, uh, parents don't think their kids are as grateful as they should be. The pole fonts. <laughs> Yo, this was one angry parent that wrote this article. Sherry Liang, I see you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Four in five uh, parents who responded to a poll from the University of Michigan Health say children today are not grateful enough. Four and out of five? God damn. That's aggressive, right? <laughs> That's a lot of them. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> that means both parents, and, like three of the four parents and a stepdad. Yep. All right. <laughs> parents who responded to the poll say they are teaching their children the magic words, please and thank you. However, when it comes to action over words, the children and parents could be falling short, said Sarah Clark, research scientist at the University of Michigan and co-director of the poll. Nearly all parents say it's possible to teach children gratitude, and three-fourths of parents say teaching gratitude is a priority. The most common ways parents are teaching their gratitude is with the previously said phrases, please and thank you, followed by enforcing chores. 
just over one third of parents use strategies like donating toys or clothes and saying a prayer of thanks. I feel like this is parents like snitching on themselves. Yeah, like maybe they don't know how to teach the kids. Also, yeah. I'm looking at this and it says that there was no de uh, definite um, definition of it. Right. The poll purposefully did not define gratitude. Clark said the parents had to bring their own interpretation of the word. So then is it gratitude towards others or is it like this kid don't thank me for shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> Who are you really mad at? <laughs> yeah, this is personal. This ain't got nothing to do with them kids. They fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how, like, how old are the kids? Do they even understand? Like, you can, you can have, you can show gratitude. And you may find out you have, like, a knack for it early on. Sure, but that's not really everyone. It takes everyone a minute to get out of selfish mode. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, when, <clears throat> like, what kind of, what age range are we talking about? Because we're just talking about teaching them please and thank you. The kids don't really, they just go, thank you, as they're walking away. They're not even <laughs> looking at you. Tell, tell your auntie, thank you, thank you. They're already in the other room. And I'm like, That's well, it. all right, you know. And, and to their defense, I think there's, like, an obliviousness built into both ends of that right like mm -hmm. if you're doing your job as a parent your kids shouldn't notice that like you know certain things like you know that like, i think that's part of the job like there's a, a innocence and separation of the hard parts of life so that they could focus on being a kid and doing school work at most I thought that was kind of the gig. Like, they shouldn't know that like yo i really like appreciate the way dad works 12 hours and those, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. kind of the, the whole thing. There should so, be like a base level. I mean, you know what I mean? Of just like, yeah, I, like uh, for a while, I don't even know when it is that kids truly understand. Um, oh, they go out to do work to help us get these things. Yeah. I don't. I, uh, and I, I feel like depending on your family's financial situation, you may learn that earlier than, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Some families may never learn it, and some people are extremely aware, like right away. That's when I figured it out. <laughs> what, what was that? You get out of college, or you? I was, uh, I was a little. I had two kids. That's when I figured it out. First kid, <laughs> I was still kind of skating. I was like, oh, "This is a layup." Two kids, I was like, "Oh shit, this is real," you know? Because <laughs> it was like. There was like two days where like I was like, I don't feel like going to work. And I still had to go to work. And I knew I had to go to work. And mm -hmm. I realized that like, oh, yo, they was doing that for 30 years. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> That's when it hit me. I couldn't just like bang. Because I know like when I worked at like UPS, I was in college. Mm -hmm. I went to work because I was like a good person. Right. And like, I think I took maybe like four days off. But on God, the four days off I took off. It had nothing to do with sickness. It was just me saying, yo, fuck it. I don't feel like going to that. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's, that was my energy. And I felt like I remember vividly, like, waking up one day being sore and knowing I still had to fucking go. And I was right. like, I got to go to work. And that's, and then I thought, like, and in my bed, I was like, I got to go. I got to feed these kids. And it's cool. That's the job. Right. And then it hit me that my parents been doing that for, like, 30 years. I know my dad had fucking days. Right. He still went. Mm -hmm. And I got real emo. I called him. I said, like, I love you at like five in the morning. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. They thought I was dying. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I went to the house. I hugged my mom at like 730. 
But I was like, yo, I, I appreciate y'all. And I was legit like married, two kids in. That's when it hit me. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's also just overall an age that you kind of start to click. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, this is what they were doing for me. Because usually, I mean, one easy way to think of it is like the eight. So that's going beyond like learning please and thank you. That's like realizing that you're the age your mother was when she had you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know I moved into like a studio apartment. So I was living by myself completely for the first time. And uh, I was just sitting there like, oh, wow. By the time my mother was this age, she had had me and was pregnant with my sister or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that where I was just like, yeah, damn it. I'm sitting here on a futon. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to decide, you know, trying to decide between quesadillas or pizza. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they, they figured, I'm thankful. The mom, dad, if y'all hear this podcast, <laughs> I appreciate y'all. I'm thankful. I ain't one of the kids in this article. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> badass children. But, you know, keep teaching them, please, and thank you. It'll it'll click, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes resigned from Fox News protesting irresponsible voices like Tucker Carlson. Um, Every month or so while uh, conversing with sources at Fox News, I expressed surprise that Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes are still employed by the network. After all, the two men are reality-based conservative thinkers who refuse to capitulate to Donald Trump. Unfortunately, Fox viewers rarely got to hear from them. They were booked by network producers so rarely that their contracts could be likened to golden handcuffs. Now they're ditching the cuffs. Gangsta. I like that. I like the setup there. Shouts <laughs> to CNN. Being poetic with the words. Hayes and Goldberg announced Sunday night that they were resigning from Fox. The pair wrote in a blog post for, for the dispatch, their online home, that Tucker Carlson's Patriot Purge propaganda film was the last straw. Uh, Fox News is still... Um, still does real reporting, and there are still responsible conservatives providing valuable opinion and analysis, the men wrote. But the voices of the responsible are being drowned out by the irresponsible, and Carlson is the point, um, is the case in point. Um, for those, Wait, believe- hold on, hold on. Yeah. Tucker Carlson made a movie called Patriot Purge? Yep. And this was about uh, the uh, comp- uh, January 6th events. Um, and uh, denialism of what happened. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, wow. It was. A, it was. A, it was. A, it was definitely like blatant. He he views that event that took place there uh, as uh, a patriotic day. Mm-hmm. Put it on a news <laughs> network. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that is terrifying look i don't know what they're doing <laughs> yo fox there. is different man yeah they they are to some extent i it is not for me um i didn't i never pay attention to, i mean i i pay attention to tucker carlson as much as i can which is to say what okay he's still confused <laughs> um but i guess good for these dudes for leaving um uh from what it looks like i mean both parties 
definitely need to figure a lot of shit out within their parties. A big time. Um, a lot of factions. Maybe it's time to split into more than two parties. Oh, let's do um, it. But- Canada got three. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I I want to gossip, so you don't hear that from me. But it seems like that might be a good idea. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know I don't know if they're eating their own over there or or what's happening. <laughs> um, but it's ugh, you know I guess I yeah I, I, feel, I don't know I if terrible, I feel Sean. for them. Like I mean, I guess I feel for them, and that is kind of a tough position, and good for them for quitting. Take this job, I shove it. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I am also just like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how you nip any of this in the bud because folks is running with it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and when you when a Republican is like, nah, that ain't right. They are like, you are not a Republican anymore. We don't want you to serve on committees, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like wild, just like real petty shit. And yeah. um, I'm just like, why is this just the real housewives of a ma- Stop it. <laughs> uh. Uh, you know what had me tripping here? Like mm. the, pa- the dude puts out the Patriot Purge is a movie. Mm-hmm. And like it's clearly not based on fact. Mm-hmm. And it's on a news network, right? And the network is on a is a major channel. It's Fox, so all that happens, and only two people quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I promise you, when when these dudes stood up, they're like, "Y'all mouth this bitch. Who coming with me?" And just <laughs> one other dude. St- <laughs> Yo, it's like Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's like Jerry Maguire where he's like, I'm out of here. Who's with me? And only Renee Zellweger was like, I'll go. <laughs> and that was it. Just y'all? Okay. You know what I mean? And not even writing on a blog beat? Damn, son. Well, I mean, that's how, depending on the layout of the blog, that might be the best way to get the word out. But I'm, I'm ruined for y'all. Yeah, I hope y'all find work. Real talk. I hope yeah. that they're, you know what I mean? I hope that. Uh, someone will want to work with you, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how reasonable you are. You guys could still be wackadoo crazy World's and up. not and not be at the level of Tucker Carlson, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still need to know where y'all fall. But um, I mean, good for you for uh, finding that strength within for a hot second. <laughs> hey, would you like to come argue with me and Sha? No, no, I'm not going to. I'm just going to go, mm-hmm, what the hell are you talking about? Over and over and over. <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair fight, but. <laughs> uh, another news. Will Smith revealed he once developed a psychosomatic reaction to orgasms after engaging in rampant sexual intercourse to deal with being cheated on by his first girlfriend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit to our for our listeners. I uh, Gaster for the most part compiles the articles and he organizes them and he sends me a list and we click on them and we talk about them. And occasionally, if I find if I'm alerted of one, uh, I'll just go ahead and slip that in there. And go, oh, I added one. Great, fantastic. So this is one that I added Yo. thanks to um, uh, Black Lady Blue on Twitter. Respect, uh, respect, respect. Black Lady Boo. Yeah. Um, 
And this title that what he said was literally the headline of this piece. What is happening? You got to understand, too, also for the, for the listeners, mm-hmm. when Sha puts in the article, it's usually the first or last article. Like, I'll be like, oh, Sha, read the article. I started reading this with, like, <laughs> my confidence of, like, I know what this is going to go because I picked this I article. I picked it. Yep. I was, like, four words. of like, yo, this ain't going where I, I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have remembered psychosomatic orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget psychosomatic <laughs> orgasms? Well, it's a real pivot from King Arthur. What the hell? Is- <laughs> so, I see, I was gonna get back to tennis. I'm like, I- <laughs> so, please don't be out here, Sha. So here, here is why I am like, yikes, 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 yikes. Um, Will Smith is on a press tour right now. He is promoting that King Richard movie where he is playing. Um, you know, it's a biopic of sorts about the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Yep, yep. Um, and so he's been promoting that. But he also, at the same time that he was filming the movie, he wrote a memoir. Yeah. So he is promoting that as well. And and I, I want to say it's a combination of the stress of playing a, a real-life person, someone who really existed – for the the people who were related to him, right? Um, that is a very stressful thing to do, on its own. Um, and then to also dig into your past in such a way to find stories to share, but then you know hone them and, and like all of that stuff. Uh, so that uh, is also a tough thing to do. So to do them at the same time. Seems insane, but it also seems exactly like something that the Will Smith that we know would do, right? Like, yeah, I can play this dude and I can tell you all about me. I'm Will Smith and all of that shit, right? So so that's what's been going on. But now it's time to promote it. And uh, we've been inside. He hasn't really promoted anything else during COVID, right? He's yeah, been working just, on this. Yeah. So this is like his really his first time out and about. And that's his comfort zone is right. Promoting things, being on press runs, being in front of cameras, being uh, in a on a panel, you know, funny, funny jokes and yada, yada, yada. Great stories, blah, 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 blah. That's where he shines. Yeah. But he just uncovered a lot of shit. And Mm -hmm. like everyone else is not really ready to be back out. We're not really ready. Like we, (laughs) we are out, but we also are not, we've forgotten a lot of things. Right. And so what that has resulted in is Will Smith telling us way too much (laughs) way too much (laughs) he was jealous of tupac so he never talked to him because his wife jada had such a close relationship with him um there was a time where he what we learned that his father was abusive and there was a time that he wanted to kill him uh this thing (laughs) the psychosomatic orgasms i'm just like hey man just tell us where where we can find the book (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe let's we're good 
we're good. Let's just tell us where to, but these are like, this is out of the book itself. Right. So I'm going to, I guess I'll start reading this. Um, what do we got here? Oh, I forget. It's BuzzFeed, so all the print is big. Okay. Um, <laughs> Will Smith is opening up about his first heartbreak, revealing he used sex as a coping mechanism after being cheated on at 16 years old. Scroll, scroll. In his newly released memoir, which hit the shelves earlier this month and is titled Will, uh, the actor <laughs> reflects on the demise of his first serious relationship with a girl named Melanie. Who oh. among us, right? <laughs> and then I got to go through a couple of Instagram posts. He details that Melanie, who lived with her aunt due to her mother being in prison for murdering her father. All right. I don't know if we needed all that. Yeah. Thank you, though. <laughs> had gone through a disturbing childhood. Word? Um, after she was kicked out by her aunt following a fight between the two, Will convinced his parents to take her in. Will writes that from the moment he first saw her, Melanie had been the center of his life, noting he became preoccupied with the with healing the pain of her trauma. You know how at 16 years old, <laughs> when you see a girl, you're just like, I want to heal her traumatic pain. Definitely. The look in Melanie's eyes became a substitute for Gigi, his grandmother's approval. I've always needed a woman to achieve for, he writes. Now, let's talk more about that. Huh. I don't want to know about your psychosomatic weirdo orgasms, but um, <laughs> however, Will goes on to reveal that the relationship was short-lived with things declining after Melanie cheated on him while he was away on a two-week music tour. Okay, sure, that sounds fair. Um, he reveals that after Melanie was unfaithful in their relationship, he resorted to excessive and indiscriminate sex as a way of dealing with his heartbreak, like a 16-year-old would. Okay. I desperately needed relief. But as there is no pill for heartbreak, I resorted to the homeopathic remedies of shopping and rampant sexual intercourse. Shopping. All right, nigga. So you, you bought a bunch of shit and you fucked a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Homeopathic remedies. I don't know if that's what they're calling them out on the street. No. I don't know that. You just I like think, sneakers. Yeah. I think that's just hoeing. <laughs> I think that's just classic hoeing, and including the shopping. Yeah. He's I, really I, making like fuckboys sound real like extra. Yeah. 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 This, this is it. what happens when, you know, you go through a lot of therapy. <laughs> up and up and okay, and this is from the book. Quote, up until this point in my life, I'd only had sex with one woman other than Melanie, he writes. But over the next few months, I went full ghetto hyena. Now let's talk about that. Where did you hear the phrase full ghetto hyena? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not a thing. At all. That's that's much more interesting than the fact that this girl broke your heart and yada, yada, yada. Why do you use the term full ghetto hyena? How long did it take you to workshop that phrase? <laughs> Why didn't your ghostwriter go, I don't know about full ghetto hyena? Like, yo, what? Mm. Yo, have you seen the videos of this? So he put out a, a video series of like him working out, trying to get into shape. Mm -hmm. And during those workout, during the like episodes of that, he's also showing the process of writing this book. Okay. Because it was during the same timeline. So I saw like two of the episodes when he's writing the book, like he reads it to like get approval of the final draft. It's mm -hmm. a table with like 10 people. So like 10 people heard <laughs> Will say full ghetto hyena and was like, yeah. And that, they just that, let him rock with it? Yo. <laughs> 
Yo, you got to replenish that table, Will. Yo, for <laughs> real. Switch up your peoples, man. Yeah, I don't know if I would have let you go with full ghetto hyena. Like, nah, hold on right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So he says he had sex with so many women and it was constitutionally disagreeable to the core of my being. <laughs> That I developed a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm. Um, let's see here. It would literally make me gag and sometimes even vomit, he adds. <laughs> you were so extra, boy. Jeez, man. I used to rock with you, man. I mean, oh. I don't. <laughs> I can't even. So you we out here? We out here fucking and gagging. We out here fucking and gagging. <laughs> like full ghetto hyenas do. <laughs> it's a natural response when you ain't got your grandmother around. You know. What I mean? mean, yeah. Look, <laughs> uh, I I am happy that you got the healing that you needed. And I know you got the healing that you needed because you're using terms like psychosomatic response to orgasms <laughs> and um, homeopathic remedies of shopping and sexing. Uh, that's not something that we, we say in out in the, in the streets, I don't think. No. So you just fucked around a lot and you were sad. You were sad that's and you it. fucked around a lot. I mean, that's fine. I, yeah, absolutely. I and get that. You were 16. You brought this girl in. She cheated on you. She broke your heart. You were sad. You started fucking around. And then you would gag afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I should not be laughing this much. What? But you also put it in a book. <laughs> I feel and like you're showing amazing restraint. <laughs> yeah. I just... And the thing is, I've I looked and I've seen people kind of repost this on Twitter and everyone's response has just been like, bruh, please be quiet. Please oh, stop God. talking. <laughs> like, we're so tired. Like, that's all I'm like. I'm reading this. I'm just like, man, like, yo, as your fan, I don't deserve this. Mm -mm. Like, I'm, yeah, I this you. is a lot. Don't put this on my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. look, it's a lot that you've been through and all of this stuff. But I don't, I, I, I can't. I don't know if I'm gonna watch Fresh Prince the same way. Exactly. Like this is really gonna, this is really gonna fuck up Men in Black for me. <laughs> <laughs> you had Will Smith weekend, like July right. 4th became your weekend. Right. All right. So if you got to gag a little after sex. That's the price you pay, okay? But you keep that to yourself, Will. Okay? That's the price That's of that level of success. That's you pay. <laughs> yeah, I man. For that. You ask for that, okay? That's true. That's true. You know, when Will. you sell your soul, it's not always clear like in the comic books. Like a devil <laughs> don't come over there. This was the sale right here. Mm -hmm. mm. That's what mm -hmm. it was. <laughs> you wanted that level of success, you got it, brother. <laughs> now you Yo. yak when you when you nut. It is what it is. That's what you got to do now. You live with that. Don't put that on me. I didn't make that call. I'm here having water. I'm perfectly fine doing shows in front of fifty to hundred people at a time. My level of success is just fine. 
and <sighs> having sex will not cause me to have acid reflux. That's the new decision, Will. Yeah, acid reflux will cause me to have acid reflux during sex, but it's not going to be because of a breakup. That's it. <laughs> wow, boy. Oh, oh man, I'm gonna light a candle for you, Will. Seriously. Anyway, that's that's me slipping one in for you there, uh, Gaston. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I do. I'm, I'm, you know, you, like you understand, like Will takes great pictures too, right? Like, so this whole article is like Will phenomenally dressed, like ten times, yep. mm-hmm. and like it takes a really disturbing article for me to like <laughs> stop looking at these dope ass outfits so i was like oh this is fire it's fire he's gagging (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't admire the suits no more like i was like yo that that is this is dope soup but my man what's going on in your life yep my (sighs) fallen legends (laughs) yeah we are we're losing all the legends we are we're losing recipes y'all we're losing recipes (laughs) Uh, another news, 43% of adults say they have financially cheated on their partner. That's right. Uh, have you always been financially faithful in your relationships? If the answer is no, you are not alone. 43% of adults with combined finances and relationships said they've committed an act of financial deception. According to a new uh, poll from the National Endowment of Financial Education, financial de- deception ranges from lying to your partner or spouse about money to hiding things such as cash, bills, or a purchase, according to a report. This survey of more than 2,000 adults was conducted online by the Harris Poll in June. I mean, if that's the case, I, I'm definitely, I've financially cheated on myself. <laughs> of felt that uh, some aspects of money should remain private. 34 had discussed finances, but thought their partner would disapprove. And another 33 were too afraid or embarrassed about their finances to speak about it. Of the couples who had experienced financial deception, 42% said that it resulted in a fight. Others said that the event eroded trust and privacy, led to separation of finances, or triggered the termination of the relationship altogether. Yep. It's yeah. life right there. I mean, that's, uh, that is quiet as it's kept. That's, I think, one, one of the main reasons for divorce is the money. Is the money, not seeing eye to eye on what to do with the money and, and this kind of thing. So this is not, I'm a little... I would say I'm a little surprised that the number is so low, but um, I think I'm the, not. Yeah, I think the 57 percent is still lying. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm financially like, cheating be- <laughs> right now as I fill out this poll. <laughs> Actually, in six months after this breakup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I have no i I've been single the whole time. <laughs> I'm not. I've never been in a relationship that was. That had gotten to a point where, um, well, first that we've even traveled anywhere together, let alone had to combine anything financially outside of a check for uh, <laughs> chicken sandwiches or something. Okay. Um, but uh, like you doing checks for chicken sandwiches? Sir? Oh, you know, you get the check and you're like, I'll do. Oh, I'll I, pay. I thought that you was like paying in a check. I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I still write checks. Yeah. So well, not for no uh, chicken sandwich, huh? Uh, no, I guess not. They wouldn't take them. But I mean, for other things, but I'm just saying, like when you get the check at a restaurant. Gotcha. So like, um, 
I am still, I'm big on like, hey, this is my money. Just my arm around it, prison style. This is my money. You won't get any of it. Um, but you are actually in a relate uh, a yeah, loving yeah. relationship. Um, has that been an issue for you? Um, early on, we had like uh, we had to like figure out philosophies because we definitely come from like uh, I think our families like kind of like teach you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and your relationship to money thing has a lot to do with how you grow up. Um. So, like, admittedly, like, I'm, like, super frugal in general. Mm-hmm. Like, if uh, if I need to, like, buckle up, like, I, I, I've done it. Like, I've, uh, I've gotten it down to where, like, the first year I lived alone and I was single, mm-hmm. I had, like, a three-month, like, period where, like, I made sure my average meal was, like, under 40 cents. And I, I did the math. I was like, yeah, I'm getting by. You know what I mean? I'm going to make sure I live. And mm-hmm. even when there was a time when we were, like, tight as a fam, like, my average meal was 216 per person. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, I'm comfortable doing that. And, like, to me, it's not even, like, a, a sacrifice. It's just, oh, that's life. Sometimes shit gets hard. You got to do it. Right. Um, and I'd rather do that than have to worry about, like, a problem later. Um, and I've always believed in like saving and all of that. And I, I don't think that's something that, that uh, Gabby was taught innately. Um, mm-hmm. And we had to have real discussions about like uh, how we spend money because there's stuff that she would buy that I viewed as like careless. Mm-hmm. And I realize now weren't careless. They were things that she bought um, that were part of her mental health. Like that's what she needed to like get through the week. And I view it as pointless. Right. Um, and they were pointless to me, but not pointless to her. Um, and vice versa. Right. Like, you know, I have uh, an insane amount of hats and Tim's, right. Like <laughs> I, I, I know that about myself. Right. So, you know, when Gabby gets like her nails done, I get that that's part of her like mental process of like, being okay with the work week um and also we went through two phases right there was like a a nine-year gap where i was all the money mm-hmm. so when that went down um essentially like i treated it like we were kids and we i gave each of us an allowance and then i just paid all the bills right so me and her had the same amount of money every week and it was like do what you want i'm gonna do what i want with this and all the bills are paid until we buy a house. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, she works again, now that the kids are old enough, she went back to work. Now we split the bills. So we put in the pool. We figured out how much everything costs. We pay everything 50-50. And then whatever she makes, I don't care. Like Gabby gets a raise. I could give a fuck as long as the bills ain't change. Right. You, know, you want to go out? You want to buy three coach bags or whatever's popping right now? <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. In Gabby's case, she got literally 200 plants. That I know ain't in the budget, but oh, yeah. it's in her budget. All the, all you know the what plants. Mean? Yeah, I she, forgot about all those plants. Yo, they all over my house. I know I ain't paid for a single plant. I, I right. bought, except for like birthdays. I bought like four plants. Uh huh. The other one ninety six. That's all, Gabby. <laughs> right. And if that's what makes Gabby happy, the bills are paid. Yeah, I, I care less. You make two hundred mm-hmm. grand a year. You want to spend one hundred ninety on plants? <laughs> as long as them ten G's is what I need to like pay the, the half of the bills, we good. So I feel like that's kind of like 
an approach more people should take, like figure out what the balance is that you both need to provide to take care of home. Um, I think there's a little bit of, uh, there's a certain amount of money that needs to be yours. Like, right. I think you need a certain level of freedom. You're still an adult. You need to be able to like buy a, a burger or an espresso, or whatever it is that does that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, without the guilt of like, Oh, like I'm cheating or I'm not bringing some home. So right. it's admittedly, it took a while to get there. Cause I, I literally got the money initially and I had to think of like, Oh, it's not my money. It's our money. Cause by mm-hmm. me going out, to do this, I don't have to think about the kids. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to like really like reprogram that. Um, and then now that we both work, um, that's kind of the setup. Like we, we figured out how much everything costs. We split everything 50-50. And I know she makes way way more than what's necessary for that. I know I make more than what's necessary for that. And neither one of us asked questions. So when hmm. I got like really stupid camera equipment for podcasting, she don't say nothing. She don't care. Like, all right, cool. That's the silly shit you want to buy a three thousand dollar camera. <laughs> sure, knock yourself out. You want to buy? Right. You want to buy boots? Who could care less? And when she got plants that I don't know the the name of, and she spends two hours talking with some Russian lady on Etsy because she knows about the seeds. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is what it is. Like, all right, cool. That that's what that's what works. I think I think more people need to like. Cause I, I feel like it's like everything else with marriage, like. There's a beauty in the 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 together, but part of what drew you is what you did separate. Mm-hmm. So you need money is needed to do that. I need her to still be able to go out and like have drinks with her homegirls, go out or to a Broadway show that I don't want to go to, and right. have that fun and bring back that energy to the house of telling mm-hmm. me about it. Just like I need to go out and chill with the boys and watch like a Nets game, but she don't want to go to. And then I need the freedom to be able to do that without affecting the home. I don't think that's cheating. No, I don't think so. Actually, I mean, I think the thing that you said in the very beginning about having a discussion about how you view money and what you do with money, your relationship with money, uh, you know, that is something that's passed down from uh, how you grew up. And and it's very important when you are – uh, connecting yourself with someone else to have that discussion. And that's an ugly discussion because we are, we have been trained to not talk about our money situation Word. unless we have a lot of it. Right. Uh, but if we don't, and that's most of us, we don't, um, we've been trained to not discuss it. Don't discuss it at work. You know, they don't want you to talk with your coworkers about how much you make. Um, and, you know, it's it's uncouth to discuss it with your friends and and all of that stuff. And they you just figure it out when someone shows up with a, a bag and you're like, oh, OK, you you're doing that, huh? You're making that kind of money. And right, um, right. and even if you're not necessarily not opposed to being open about it, you still get your hackles up when someone gives you the whole, oh, OK, you're doing fine. And right. you're like, oh, quit pocket watching. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, when you are entering uh, something as important, some sort of union with someone, yeah, you got to have that discussion. And I think that's where a lot of people, they're messing up from the jump right there. Yeah. It's just like having that talk. It should, it should get real, son. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Like I, I got audited once by the, by the IRS. Oh. And oh, like no. I had to like, I had to talk that over well and like, that I think that's kind of what started the convo, cause mm-hmm. like if like I think like 
someone in her fam got audited and they did something stupid hmm. and got in trouble. I ain't do nothing wrong and I proved it, but I was still right. stressed. Right. So yeah. I was bringing it to the table on some, hey, this is some shitty thing happening to us. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to get through it. I got the papers downstairs. And she was just tight because she thought that it meant automatically I'd done something stupid with the money, A. Eh? And right. at that point, she wasn't the one working. So it was like, you got to keep me in the loop when you're fucking around with the money. And I'm like, nah, I don't do that. And then I, then I, I, I like bro, I, I overdid it, admittedly, and I, I came upstairs with like all <laughs> that the doesn't, seats. That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> I came upstairs with like powerpoints and shit. I right. was like, "This is the money I spent on McDonald's in November of last right. year." Right. Like, I, I showed everything. <laughs> I had that app. I was like, oh, thing was like Mint at the time. It showed all my oh, breakdowns right. for the last like two years. So yeah, and then uh, we had like a a more peaceful talk the next day. <laughs> <laughs> no financial cheating y'all talk it out yeah talk it out that's all it is uh speaking of spreadsheets uh Uh-oh. billionaire reportedly had a spreadsheet of five thousand women he had sex with that's right spokesperson wow. <laughs> for uh mr Guggen shared a statement with complex to correct the new york posts inaccuracies um um and a defamation, defamation, defamatory statements, uh, but the full statement is provided below. Okay, so he, they're already fighting uh, this New York Post article. Uh, <laughs> uh, the article came out that uh, Michael Guggen, 57-year-old billionaire and longtime partner at uh, Sequoia Capital, is being sued by four former employees for roughly $800 million in damages, according to the New York Post. And with the suit, he's being accused of having a spreadsheet of the 5,000 women that he's had sex with. The allegations reportedly came um, after a previous settlement of $40 million with the woman who claims he sexually, physically, and emotionally abused her, which his attorney called a vile collection of lies. Uh, Documents reported by the Post now show him being accused of controlling local law enforcement in the town of Whitefish, Montana, of course, uh, Mm -hmm. owning several safe houses. This is a lot to have sex be. Uh, where he takes young women to have sex and placing a boom boom room in a bar oh. that he owns to maintain women for the purposes of committing illicit sexual activity. Y'all, this dude read Will Smith's book. My man uh, out here with wow. I don't know. I mean, this is uh, we're moving into R. Kelly territory with yeah. the fucking safe houses to have sex. That's a lot and of maintaining energy. Maintaining women. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Also. If you do that, yeah, if you are business-minded, you absolutely kept a spreadsheet. You absolutely kept a spreadsheet. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he kept a fucking spreadsheet. That's that, as I, proof. As proof. That feels because so dirty. I, I bet he probably was just like, I'm sure when he was a kid, he wasn't full ghetto hyena out here, right? <laughs> so I'm sure... Once he just started keeping names of someone, he probably flashed or whatever, allegedly. Who knows? But, um, <laughs> like, it, it absolutely makes sense that he would keep a spreadsheet. He's he's all about shit. He's all about money and, yeah, well, no. He seems like the kind of dweeb that would keep a spreadsheet. Oh, bum. Yeah, absolutely. To keep To keep track of all of that. To have proof to be able to open it up and go, yeah. Yo, you know? You a herb, yo. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm finding pictures of this dude. I, yeah, I see mad herb energy on his cat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a clown. No shoulder having dude. <laughs> you know, it's either no shoulder or no um, no chin. It's either no shoulder or no chin. It's one or the other. Oh, my God. I, I, I This just disturbed me so much. Like, it, it's, I don't know. Just, it feels like super... It's an intimate thing, and like Excel sheet is not intimate. It, I yeah, I mean, I hear you on that. It, it's well, you know, a spreadsheet is a way to just keep track if you need to do it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I keep it in a diary, maybe, and not yeah. Like if it was, I almost not like on was Google Docs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How'd they find it? So I misshared it uh, with my lawyer. <laughs> Right, yeah. I, I open up the link to anyone. <laughs> yeah, like, I think I'd be okay with a diary. I, I think that would be like, and I, I'd be okay if it was like medical related, like no sure. name, but like uh, this is what happened. Um, got tested since I'm good type thing. But like when you when you got five thousand names on the list, there's other stuff going on on there. That's true. I mean, look, I know that uh, I don't know if all women do this or were taught to do this or whatever, but I definitely got a sense that I need to just be able to know who I slept with and have a, a like a date, uh, an right. idea as to when it happened for medical purposes. Right. Yeah. And that feels like something where the onus is more on the woman than the man. Right. Uh, in that case. So from that with that mindset, I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course, you're going to keep track. But then when it's like a spreadsheet of five thousand women, I'm like, you didn't. Did you sleep with all of them? Or was it like one person you met them and you shook their hand and you're like, count it, <laughs> mark it, add it to the list, add it to the list, <laughs> put her in green. You know what I mean? Like, is there like also a color coded system to this? A clown. Yeah, and he's probably not doing anything else, right? He's a billionaire, so it's not. I feel like he's not getting his hands dirty, and he's Fair. also not inputting this information. <laughs> there is some long-suffering assistant <laughs> who has been every day given a new list of women, <laughs> and they're just like, I can't believe I got a fucking this dude. Ugh. Michael, I got three more for you. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Just throws it on his desk. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> it's not even written. It's, it's on a dictaphone. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's just talking to me that night. Talking into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This dude's a super villain. I, I can't. Yeah. Yo, billionaire. Yo, there, there needs to be one cool one, yo. Why is why does that job make you such a curve? Because you are reaching for that amount of money. And there's a lot of dirty shit you got to get a billion dollars under your name. You got to do a lot of shit. You got to do a Man. lot of shit that a lot of people don't realize. And so, you know how it is once you get away with doing something that's kind of shitty and no one knows it. You want to do that a lot. So you're like, well, huh? I managed to make this billion by uh, having, you know, child labor farms. No one knows about it. 
let's see if I can also fuck 5,000 women. <laughs> <And> <laughs> no one know about it. But I need to keep track of that. Oh, man. Yo, Jay-Z, that's don't some, let me that's down, something, man. That's something I want my name attached to. Jeez. That's the other thing. I'm sure he wanted to brag about that shit. He told, yeah, he told way too many people. That, that number's too specific. Mm-hmm. That was getting around. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, flash mob loots uh, California Nostrum. At least two people arrested. That's right. At least uh, two people were arrested at gunpoint after a flash mob of shoplifters robbed the California department store late Saturday night. Uh, the incident happened at Walnut Creek Nostrum store. Uh, some two dozen cars blocked the streets as throngs of robbers rushed the store and made off with merchandise and sped away. Um, cops with guns drawn arrested two suspects. You know what? That's very organized. <laughs> Get them. I know I was just railing against the organization of keeping 5,000 names on the spreadsheet, but like flash mobs can be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we uh, maybe we've all seen Ocean's Eleven. It takes it takes a village. <laughs> So that means 24 people had to huddle up in someone's basement. Hell yeah. And they rolled out pieces of paper and they were like, the cars are going to come in here and here and here. We're going to block them on these streets. <laughs> Who's willing to be sacrificed? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who, if you're caught, just say your name and your rank over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Until the lawyers come. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Also, that this hasn't happened uh, more often is kind of wild to me. That we're just now using flash mob technology. Well, I mean, well, I mean, groups of folks have run into stores and grabbed shit and run out. Yeah, I was going to say, this is this is old East New York shit. This is the, the low yeah. lives. They used to do this shit for like Ralph Lauren gear all the time. Yeah, you can't. They can't catch us all. Yeah. That kind of thing. But I like the use of, uh, of you know, the cars. Nah, I dig it. I'm impressed because because they had to adjust the hustle to L.A. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the low lives, they did it in New York because the cars actually, you know, you can't follow them dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was the traffic's in the way, so you jack up a a a, a, a store in the city, you good. You know what I mean? But yeah, this, this is different. Because L.A., you know what I mean? There's space it's to drive. They out. chase yeah. you. Here they locked it. They thought it through. I'm, re I'm re This is the upgraded hustle. I'm with this. <laughs> Good job. I Merry mean, Christmas, I did also there. see a, a video of, like, just a group of folks who had hit hit up a, a Louis store, I think, recently, like last week or something. I'm, I'm so, loving this. It's the time of year. It's, it's Robin season. That's it. It's Robin it's season. It's Robin season. Tuck your chains. That's it. Hide your kids. <laughs> Don't no one want your damn kids. Let them kids out. There ain't no one snatching your kids. Uh, finally, <laughs> in the first test of its uh, planetary defense efforts, NASA is going to shove an asteroid. That's mm -hmm. right. NASA is about to launch an unprecedented mission to knock an asteroid slightly off course. In the first real-world test of the technique that would uh, someday be used to protect Earth from a threatening space rock, a spacecraft is scheduled to blast off from Vattenberg Space Force Base in California. Uh, the golf cart-sized space uh, craft will travel to an asteroid 
that's more than six million miles away and poses no danger to Earth and ram into it. Uh, scientists will then watch to see how the asteroid's trajectory changes. Um, the idea being that they could then do this in the future if something is coming uh, towards us. Literally like the movie. Hell yeah. I'm vibing okay. with this, yo. Let's nah, do that. Okay. Why are you vibing with it? Yo, Why are you I'm, vibing with it? This is like, yo, if you work at NASA and you ain't doing silly shit, I don't know what to tell you. That's why you do that job. You study all those years for this clown job that got nothing to do with real life. You were too smart to be doing NASA. Unless you telling me, yo, we're going to be doing some funny clown shit. You should watch the videos. Our YouTube channel is crazy. Now I'm on board. You know what I mean? I want to see them shooting shit into space and hitting rocks. You know what I mean? Maybe they play pongs with the rocks. I don't know. You know what I mean? I want to see people in like no gravity rooms, uh, uh, fighting, sword fighting. I think that'd be cool. Now, let's experiment. Why? Why not? And if someone says, oh, because we should be doing serious work in NASA, no, you should not because there's nothing serious about going to space, okay? Our life has been exactly the same. I, for the last 40 years since we went into space the first time, I, mm-hmm. we don't need, like, space right now. We good. We got billionaires handling that, okay? Let them focus <laughs> on that shit. You guys have fun with this technology and public funding. Give us something silly that we could see on YouTube that helps us get through the day. So, yeah, go hit rocks in space. I'm with that shit. That's just cool. It's like skipping stones in the pond, you know? That's what you're doing. Okay. That is... I had not thought of it that way. Here's what I'm thinking is leave the fucking universe alone. (laughs) There's no way that they... that. Every planet in the Milky Way hates Earth. Everyone <laughs> hates us. We literally are the one in the subdivision who never cuts their grass and has a fucking <laughs> space station on blocks up in front of it. Like, we are trash, right? And now we're just throwing shit. We're just trying to hit cars as they go by. That's bullshit. That's why we're going through what we're going through right now. Okay. That's fair. I just th- I feel like maybe see first off we're aiming for an asteroid they ain't got shit to do with us just minding its own business <laughs> trying to get to the store and we just gonna come up and throw some shit at them and then see what they do and then we gonna react come on on some baddest man hit my hand shit come on why are we out here starting fights we don't know we don't know enough. We don't know what we don't know. Basically, <laughs> we don't know what it's capable of. That just seems wild to me to just go out there and start shit just because you can. Oh, my knowing head. damn what, knowing damn well that your own house is a fucking mess. Let's do it. Doug Light. Mars don't even, you know, and Mars is like, I got to live next to this dude. He keep trying to climb in my window. Like, it's <laughs> bullshit. You know what? I'm declaring it now. Planet Earth, also a Scorpio. Set it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think, I think Planet Earth, Earth might be an Aries, but okay. either way, well, but I don't know. Scorpio might work as well. But nah, Scorpio yeah. might work. It's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of chaos. <laughs> but come on now. That, like we don't. It just seems. I don't know. I. I. It, it feels very like. You know why you want to do this? You know, like one day we're going to go outside and we're literally going to see 
like a terrifying thing on the horizon that's just going to be Saturn there, right? And we're going to be, yo, we are way off course. And Saturn's like, nah, I'm tired of y'all fucking with us. (laughs) I I came down the street because (laughs) we've been having block association meetings (laughs) and you got to go. You ain't know you could drive. You've been going to the thought you, Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. If you would like to support me and Shy's mission and throw rocks in the space, <laughs> brand it with the War Report logo. No, don't track it back to us. <laughs> All you got to do is like and subscribe to the show. If you're an Apple listener, we appreciate the ratings. 120 ratings, y'all. Thank you so much. Sincerely, oh, that's, nice. that's freaking dope. New record out there. I love it. Four stars. Means you don't think we got the arm strength to throw these rocks in the space. I'm Dominican. You don't know what I'm capable of with a baseball. <laughs> Five stars. Every rock we throwing in the orbit, we knocking off meteors left and right. That's what we do. We join in the new Guardians of the Galaxy type shit. <laughs> Please don't don't send them after us. Please, I if you're listening, I bring your shit. Let's go. <laughs> Leave them rings at home. Don't come for me. Yeah, that's a little unfair. Leave the rings out of this. Right, it's a fair yeah. fight. Knuckle up. Don't come, for, don't come for me unless I ask for you. Outside of that, though, bring it. All right? <laughs> me and my homie, the moon, over for you, okay? I don't care how many rings and moons y'all got out there. My moon's the best moon. See, that's just, this is the problem. We are in no way prepared. We're in no way prepared. <laughs> We're literally pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> if you got any articles you'd like us to cover, uh, please DM us directly at Silky Jumbo or at Gastramonte. Uh, who uh, uh, you said someone sent this one earlier today too? It was uh, Black Lady Blue. Thank you so much, Black Lady the, Blue. Appreciate the Will you. Smith thing. So. <laughs> Thank you for traumatizing me mid podcast. Is Black Lady? Yeah, Blue. yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. With <laughs> um, all that said, uh, my name is Gastron Monte. Always with the Army Chalet with Shaw. This has been a War Report. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Catch y'all next week. Peace.